Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. We are a podcast that is dedicated to looking into some of the uh, the deeper corners of jazz recorded history. My name is John Clark, and uh, I've been having a ball doing these programs, and I'm encouraged to know that some of you seem to like them. I uh, see quite a few viewers or, or listeners uh, are, are checking out our page on Spotify or Apple um, Music or Anchor.fm, all these different places where you can find the Jazz Focus. So thank you very much for your support. And if you'd like to support us in a more material fashion, um, do hit the little support button and become one of our sponsors. I'd love to, love to add you to the family. So today we're going to be listening to the music of a great saxophone player. Not a good saxophone player, but a great saxophone player. Uh, this was a man named Benny Carter, and to call him a saxophone player in some ways uh, diminishes uh, what he did. He was really an all-around musician, very finished musician uh, for the time, and his time uh, lasted about 70 years. He uh, started playing professionally in the middle 1920s, and his career lasted up until, I think, the late 90s. Uh, he lived to be almost 96 years old. Uh, he was born in 1907 in New York City, uh, in Harlem, actually, and he died in 2003. He was 95 years old, not too far short of his 96th birthday. In fact, I get to hear him towards the end of his life when he was a, a stripling of about 90, um, and he was still playing beautifully at the time. He came to Boston with Phil Woods, and I get to hear them both. Uh, but that was definitely the later part of his career. He began uh, playing saxophone and some other instruments as a, as a boy and playing with other young musicians like uh, June Clark and uh, oh, there were Cuban Bennett was another African-American musician around at the time who was later to become quite legendary, even though he didn't record. Um, but he, Benny Carter was part of a running group of these young African-American musicians who were taking up the jazz style. And somehow... Carter really became a very well-rounded musician. He learned how to read music beautifully, he could write music beautifully, and, oh, by the way, he played brilliant trumpet, uh, very good clarinet and piano. Uh, we'll hear him playing tenor sax very well on these recordings coming up, and um, maybe singing, although maybe not on these recordings, we'll see. And he also uh, played trombone on recordings occasionally. So he really could do everything. Somebody once said, actually it was Duke Ellington who said in announcing him once that uh, when classical musicians wanted to learn about jazz, they went to Benny Carter. When jazz musicians wanted to learn about classical, they went to Benny Carter. He was really considered a finishing school and his various bands over the years, uh, if you could play in Benny Carter's band, you were ready for anything because his music was so challenging and so, uh, um, of such a high standard, and he held musicians to high standards as well. So we're going to focus on a very short period in his career, less than a year in fact, but oh, yeah, just about a year, in 1936. So Benny Carter had been playing in New York bands in the 1920s. His first recordings were done, I believe, with the Charlie Johnson Orchestra, Charlie Johnson's Paradise Orchestra, which was a New York uh, band, African-American band, that um, made a series of recordings in the late 1920s, from the mid-1920s on to the late ones. And he was... Um, that band was actually very well known at the time. He was uh, that was they were in a conversation with uh, Duke Ellington and um, Fletcher Henderson as being the best of the Harlem bands. Uh, he didn't uh, continue his career with Charlie Johnson too long, and Charlie Johnson's career didn't continue too much longer after the, the early 30s. Anyway, Benny Carter from there, after having played and recorded uh, playing alto sax and doing some of his first great arrangements for that band, went on to the Fletcher Henderson band in oh about. 1928 or so, after uh, Don Redmond had left the group to go take over McKinney's Cotton Pickers, Henderson was looking for another saxophone player to do some arrangements, and he tried a few before he ended up with Benny Carter. And about 1929, 30, 31, thereabouts, Carter uh, did quite a few arrangements for that group and played very well in the section and playing solos as well. After that, he replaced Don Redman again, this time with McKinney's Cotton Pickers, uh, and led them for a short period, and then he started leading his own bands in New York. Um, uh, he began recording in 1933 under his own name, and uh, shortly thereafter, he rejoined Fletcher Henderson in 1934 just for one recording date that we've done a podcast of. That was from the first Decca Sessions uh, and Henderson's band, and Carter was featured on his arrangement of Liza. When that band broke up a couple of weeks after that recording date, most of the musicians went with Benny Carter and uh, became the nucleus of his band in 1935. And during this whole time, of course, he was making other recordings with other musicians as well. 
Along about, uh, well, late in 1935, actually, he received an offer to go to uh, Europe, to go to Paris, actually, and play with Willie Lewis's band. And uh, there was a, a, a very strange interlude where he uh, essentially kidnapped his daughter. He was uh, divorced or separated from uh, his wife, and uh, they had a big child custody battle, and so he took his daughter over to Europe, but uh, his wife would have none of that and had the officials meet him at the dock in Cherbourg, and they basically put him on the next boat back to New York. So he did a round trip with his daughter, and he managed to stay out of serious trouble by... Uh, uh, doing some plea deals, and the judge actually had sympathy for him, I guess, because he was in the right and, and, and part of it anyway. Uh, but he returned to Paris right after that. In fact, in January of 1936, uh, Willie Lewis was an African-American band leader who recorded quite extensively in Paris with a mostly American African-American band, but a few Europeans as well. When Carter joined them in uh, January, he brought some of his arrangements with him, and the first recording date featured three or four Benny Carter arrangements. So we're going to hear few of those right now. So we're going to hear Rhythm is Our Business, the tune that um, you might know better from the Jimmy Lunsford recording, but this is a Benny Carter arrangement. He also plays 32 bars of trumpet. He had begun playing trumpet not too long before this. He had actually taken some lessons with Doc Cheatham, uh, and um, he had progressed quite rapidly, and he said later that he really loved playing trumpet, maybe more than saxophone. He gave it up uh, at different periods in his life. He went back to it towards the end of his life, actually, and uh, I don't think he recorded too much at the end of his life. But um, his trumpet playing at this stage in 1936 was really pretty fantastic. It was almost on a par with his alto sax playing. So we're going to hear that. And then we're going to hear two tunes, two standard tunes that he did the arrangements of with very elaborate saxophone soli choruses, which was his trademark. He could write beautiful arrangements for the saxophone section, as we will hear on these two tunes, All of Me and Stardust. On All of Me, he also takes a long one-chorus uh, trumpet solo, and then he takes yet another trumpet solo on Stardust. Don't worry, we're going to be hearing some saxophones coming up after that. So in this band, with Benny Carter on trumpet and alto sax, we'll hear Alex Renard on trumpet, Bobby Martin on trumpet, and also uh, singing. He sings on Rhythm is Our Business. Billy Burns plays trombone. George Johnson and Willie Lewis are both playing alto sax. Joe Heyman and Coco Kien on tenor sax. Herman Chittison on piano. We did a podcast on Herman Chittison a while back. John Mitchell on guitar. June Cole on bass and Ted Fields on drums. And many of those musicians were um, black musicians who came over in some of the various Harlem shows, the plantation shows and things like that, and stayed over in Europe, especially in Paris, largely because of the more um, temperate racial climate, and stayed there until World War II drove most of them back to America. So we're going to hear those recordings, and then we're going to hear another one after that that I'll tell you about after we listen to these. So those are our three tunes right now. Rhythm is our business, All of Me, and Stardust. And then after that, we are going to go to England and hear Swinging at the Maida Vale with a British band, and I'll tell you about that when the time comes. Piano man in the band. In the band. When 
taste of Benny Carter in 1936. We started out with the Willie Lewis Band, and uh, he was brought over, Benny Carter, to um, arrange for Willie Lewis and to hopefully stay with him. He didn't stay with him for very long. Um, as I said, those recordings were made in uh, for Pathé, actually, in January of 1936. By April, he was already in London. In fact, he was in there in London considerably before that. So we heard Rhythm is Our Business with a vocal by Bobby Martin, the trumpet player. All the trumpet solos on there, the uh, very flashy Louis Armstrong solos, were by Benny Carter. Uh, and again, that was an instrument he hadn't been playing for all that long. We heard a tenor sax solo by Joe Heyman, a guitar solo by John Mitchell, some drums by Ted Fields, and uh, the whole band as well. And then we went to All of Me, which started out um, with a, uh, a saxophone soli section. As I said, that was Benny Carter's trademark at the time. And he recorded this more or less the same arrangement with his band, oh, six or four or five years later, actually, after he'd come back to the United States. And again, featuring uh, Benny Carter on trumpet. More trumpet on Stardust, uh, muted trumpet at the beginning. Actually, uh, the muted trumpet is uh, Bobby Martin at the beginning, take that back. And then the open trumpet, again, very much in the Louis Armstrong style, was by Benny Carter after that. And uh, another wonderful sax chorus. Then we finished up with Swinging at the Maida Vale. I don't know what the Maida Vale is. I guess that was a club um, and uh, this was done by a British band. This is titled Benny Carter and His Orchestra. He was brought over uh, to England with the promise of work as a musician, but uh, the British Musicians Union was very uh, tight in how many musicians from other countries they let in to perform. And they were in sort of a bit of a trade war with the American Musicians Union. They felt that... Um, uh, they were getting the short end of the stick having American musicians come over and play. And that was something that was happening by the late 1920s. A lot of white musicians were brought over. People like uh, Sylvester Ahola and um, uh, Chelsea Queeley and um, Adrian Rolini, people like that, to be featured in British bands. And the British trade union got wind of that and wasn't very happy with it. So they passed several laws that said American musicians or in other outside England musicians could not come in and perform for any length of time. So they got around this with Benny Carter by hiring him uh, as the uh, chief arranger, or a, a chief arranger for the BBC Dance Orchestra. Henry Hall was in charge of that group and hired Carter to come in and do a number of uh, arrangements per week and uh, kept him going that way. Um, during that time, there was no restriction during, uh, for I guess, for recordings because Carter was allowed to take a lot of these studio musicians uh, and make recordings of his own arrangements and also just small group jazz recordings. There was a great deal of interest in England in 1936 in Benny Carter and Coleman Hawkins, who was already in Europe, had been in there for a couple of years by the time Benny Carter came over. And uh, the British musicians were keen to learn from uh, these slightly older African-American uh, musicians who were coming over. Uh, to, again, take advantage of a less stressful rela uh, racial climate and also get some good-paying work uh, from time to time. So Swinging at the Maida Vale was something composed and arranged by Benny Carter. He played the clarinet solo at the beginning and then the alto sax solo towards the end. We also heard some trumpet by Tommy McWhorter and uh, I believe there's some trombone by Ted Heath in there and Buddy Featherston played tenor sax. So also in this band uh, were Max Goldberg and Duncan White on trumpet so three trumpets. Bill Mulraney joined Ted Heath uh, in the trombone section. Andy McDevitt played clarinet and alto sax. He'll be doing some clarinet solos coming up. E.O. Pogson was on alto. Buddy Featherston on tenor sax. Pat Dodd on piano. George Elliott on guitar. Al Burke on bass. And Ronnie Gubertini on drums. And these sides will feature Carter extensively on trumpet, alto, tenor, clarinet, singing, and piano at one point as well. So we're going to continue right now uh, with more or less the same session. We're going to go to the next tune, actually, a tune, again, by Benny Carter and arranged uh, as well called Nightfall. This starts out with a short clarinet solo by Carter, but it goes to a, a full chorus, a 32-bar tenor sax solo. And if we believe the notes, uh, he didn't own a tenor sax at that point. He actually borrowed Buddy, uh, Buddy Featherston's. And... Uh, 
presumably warmed up on it and could play it beautifully. He had a very Coleman Hawkins-like sound on it, which is significant. Uh, so that'll be Nightfall. After that, we're going to jump to the next session after that, which uh, was in late April of 1936. This one uh, that we just heard was in the earlier part of the month. We're going to hear a standard tune called When Day is Done. And this will feature a full chorus of Benny Carter playing trumpet and a full chorus of Benny Carter playing alto sax. Slightly smaller group, Tommy McWhorter and Duncan White on trumpet, Andy McDevitt on clarinet, Buddy Featherston on tenor, and the same rhythm section. So that's when day is done. Then we're going to go on to um, Swing in the Blues, the same band, um, again featuring um, uh, Carter on alto sax and the second trumpet solo. The first trumpet solo is by Tommy McWhorter and uh, Benny Carter was very um, positive in his reviews of Tommy McWhorter. British jazz musicians from that time were not given high marks generally by American jazz musicians. Their rhythms tend to be a little stilted and they just hadn't quite got the right feeling. It would come not too long after this, but um, uh, Tommy McWhorter was one that Benny Carter said he felt he could have played in, in America very easily in any band. So that would be Swing in the Blues. Then we're going to go to a session from mid-June, similar band. And we're going to hear uh, a tune by Benny Carter, of course, and uh, arranged by him called Accent on Swing. He plays some alto solos in there, a couple of little ones, but he also wrote a lovely saxophone section passage. He didn't do that a lot for these British bands, but this is one of the tunes that he did uh, do that for. Then we're going to finish up with a tune called Gin and Jive, and that's uh, uh, an interesting tune that uh, We'll talk about when we get to the other side as well. So those are our tunes right now. Nightfall, When Day is Done, Swing in the Blues, Accent on a Swing, and Gin and Jive.
we have some fine jazz playing um, by some British musicians as well as Benny Carter. That last tune sort of sums things up. That was called Gin and Jive. It actually wasn't released at the time. Uh, these recordings uh, were made for Vocalion in England, I should point out. That one was from the session in mid-June of 1936, and it featured... Oh, several solos. It had uh, Tommy McWhorter on trumpet. It started out with a Buddy Featherston solo on tenor sax, which was kind of creaky. Um, he became a much better player later in the 30s. Uh, we heard Andy McDevitt on clarinet. And then, uh, after that, we heard Benny Carter come in, and it was like a totally different uh, musical experience completely when he came in on alto. He was called the urbane Mr. Carter for good reason. He uh, His playing just was, was effortless sounding. It didn't uh, ever sound like he, he strained at all. Just beautiful playing through there. And then in the out chorus, he did the bridge on clarinet as well. So before that, we may as well go backwards on this one, we heard Accent on Swing. That was from the same session. There were two trumpets on that session, Max Goldberg and Tommy McWhorter. Leslie Thompson uh, played trombone. He may have played some trumpet in there too. Lou Davis and Ted Heath were on trombone. Freddie Gardner and Andy McDevitt on clarinet and alto saxes. Buddy Featherston on tenor. Billy Munn on piano. Albert Harris on guitar. We heard a guitar solo in there too, by the way. Wally Morris on bass and George Elric on drums, of course, with Benny Carter playing everything else. So that accent on swing also featured a little saxophone ensemble as well, and I think there was a trombone trio in there too with Davis Heath and Thompson. For that, we heard swing the blue, swing in the blues, and uh, I should mention these are all, at least uh, these three, are arrangements and compositions by Benny Carter. We heard uh, the first trumpet uh, solo by Tommy McWhorter. Uh, then there was an alto sax solo uh, by Benny Carter, as well as some clarinet by Andy McDevitt, and I think some tenor by Buddy Featherston. And then the out chorus, the last trumpet solo, was by Carter as well. Then we uh, heard before that the standard When Day is Done, a nice ballady type of tune here done with a little bit of a beat to it. And that featured Benny Carter on an entire chorus of trumpet and an entire chorus of alto with a trumpet coda at the end, a cadenza. So that was a big feature for him. Uh, there was an unissued track. I don't think it exists, uh, though, the same uh, tune where Carter also played a piano chorus. I don't know if that was in place of the trumpet or the alto sax chorus, but um, he could do that as well. And then we began with a tenny, uh, Benny Carter tenor sax feature on Nightfall uh, from the earlier April 15th session. So, we're going to uh, hear one last tune from that middle June session, 1936. This is a tune called If Only I Could Read Your Mind, and that's another Benny Carter tune and arrangement. Features him, again, on tenor sax, uh, 32 bars of that. And then we're going to go... Um, up a, about a week or so, actually, to uh, June 20th, and we're going to hear Benny Carter and his Swing Quartet. This is just a small group featuring Carter doing all kinds of fine jazz playing. Um, not long after this, he actually left to go on tour uh, in the Netherlands, uh, and he took over a band called Kai Ewan's Orchestra for that tour. Uh, well, we're not going to get up that far. We're going to stick with the, uh, the British recordings. He did come back to London after an extensive continental tour and did a number of other very fine recordings, but we're going to save those for another podcast. So the tunes we're going to hear after uh, the uh, one I just mentioned, If Only I Could Read Your Mind, is this quartet, and we're going to hear three tunes. Actually, that's all they did. Um, the Benny Carter number called When Lights Are Low, beautiful tune that features a vocal by Elizabeth Welch and uh, extensive Carter playing. He's the only horn player on here. He plays trumpet, alto, and tenor sax. Gene Rogers is on piano. Bernard Addison is on guitar. He was uh, 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 an associate of Carter's in the early 30s, was on several recording sessions with him, and he was touring England as an accompanist to the Mills Brothers at the time. Walty, uh, Wally Morris is on bass and George Elric on drums again. That's when lights are low. Then an interesting tune, Waltz in the Blues, an unusual attempt to make jazz out of a 3-4 tune, and uh, you can judge how successful it is. And then we're going to finish up with a rollicking version of Tiger Rag featuring a long tenor sax solo by Benny Carter. After this he didn't really spend too much time on tenor sax. Uh, he did mostly alto for the rest of his career, but uh, he was having fun playing tenor and trumpet in England, obviously. So that'll feature him mostly on tenor with 16 bars of trumpet at the very end. And these were done, as I said, for Vocalion uh, in June, June 20th of 1936. So those are our tunes. If only I could read your mind... 
When Lights Are Low, Waltz in the Blues, and Tiger Rag. <laughs>
So there you have Benny Carter, 1936, about six months of his career, uh, pretty well documented on records. We started out with his own tune, If Only I Could Read Your Mind, featuring a long tenor sax solo, kind of a ballad, medium tempo ballad, and that was with the big band, Benny Carter and his orchestra, from the middle of June 1936 for the Vocalion label. Uh, we then went to that neat little quartet session, uh, and as I said, it was just Benny Carter on trumpet, alto, and tenor, accompanied by Gene Rogers on piano, who's an American, African-American piano player. He uh, later played with the Coleman Hawkins big band. I believe it was he playing piano on that classic recording of Body and Soul. Bernard Addison, who'd recorded with the Chocolate Dandies and with uh, Fletcher Henderson and other bands. As I said, he was with the Mills Brothers at the time, just visiting London. Wally Morris on bass, George Elric on drums. We heard all of them solo at one point or another. Um, all the rhythm sections in there. The first tune, When Lights Are Low, is a great tune by Benny Carter, very well-constructed harmonic tune. Uh, the bridge is, is a very challenging thing to play, um, very unusual harmonies. When Miles Davis recorded it 20 years later, he used a different bridge, and I'm sure it wasn't because it was too challenging, probably because he didn't remember it. Um, he just simply transposed the A section up by a fourth, and that was his bridge. But the Benny Carter bridge is really a marvelous piece. And a very nice vocal uh, rendition by Elizabeth Welch. Then we went to that 3-4 tune, Waltz and the Blues, featuring uh, tenor sax, alto sax, and trumpet. Um, a chorus, or two choruses of 12 bars each on those, and uh, some rhythm section accompaniment as well. And then finally, the Tiger Rag, which was even by 1936, an old war horse, and it kind of fallen out of favor. Uh, this record makes good comparison with the Jimmy Dorsey Tiger Rag that he recorded in England about five years earlier with uh, Spike Hughes on bass and a rhythm section there, just clarinet and alto sax. In fact, there was a uh, CD on classics that came out of Benny Carter, and they put the Jimmy Dorsey Tiger Rag on that one. They later had to print a retraction and put out a supplement. So I hope you've enjoyed the Benny Carter program. I certainly love his playing, and even at this stage of his career with bands that were maybe not quite up to his level, he could still make marvelous music and make those bands sound fantastic, much better than they probably were. Um, some good English soloists as well, especially Tommy McWhorter, Andy McDevitt too, um, and some ones with some pretty good promise like Buddy Featherston. So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. We're, I'm very glad you've been joining us. Hope you continue to join us. Check us out on any of our, uh, our, our platforms, uh, Anchor.fm or Apple or Spotify, wherever you get fine podcasts. And look at some of the old ones, too. We're up to about, I think, 50 now, maybe even a little bit more, including some of the um, WETF radio broadcasts that I have been putting up after they get finished with them, too. So we have lots more to come, and I uh, hope you consider being our sponsor. And uh, let me know on social media my band name the wolverine jazz band so wolverine jazz band on instagram and facebook and uh wolverinejazzband.com let me know if you'd like to hear any other programs or uh anything further you would like so thank you again from the jazz focus and john clark and i'll see you on the other side <laughs>